Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is episode 57, episode 57 of The Informed Catholic. This is the Ash Wednesday episode. I think this is going to be an exciting time. Um, it's an exciting time because this is where we're going to walk with our Lord. We're going to begin the journey to uh, Holy Week, the the Great Week. Uh, this is the Paschal Mystery. It's our Passover, and it's a beautiful time. So I'm going to begin... Um, I'm going to read to you uh, Lent, The Incredible Journeys, from a little book called my Lenten Prayer Book. And uh, it'll help like set the idea of what Lent is. Okay, let's begin. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lent comes from the Old English word Lenten, which donates the lengthening of days uh, as winter wanes in the spring the church celebrates this ancient 40-day season of prayer, fasting, almsgiving to prepare us for the resurrection. It's interesting, the original spelling for lengthen, which I think gets the word lengthen, lengthening, is L-E-N-C-T-E-N, lengthen, which makes sense. It's probably an old Anglo-Saxon word. Okay, Lent calls us to rekindle our faith in Christ, to relive his paschal mystery by prayer, penance, and acts of mercy. Re, we rediscover our baptism to live it more fervently and generously. Conversion is a process, a heroic journey. The church invites us to stand at the foot of the cross with our mother, Mary, and St. John to reject sin and evil, to lose ourselves and to give ourselves away in order to encounter with Peter, John, Thomas, and the other disciples, the risen Lord. Pope Benedict XVI has said that the world expects and needs from Christians a renewed witness to the resurrection of Christ. Our fellow humans are suffering and they need our prayers and help. Through his wounds, Jesus has overcome the evil that beset our world at, at its roots, and he anoints us with power to share his love that overcomes all fear and death. Beautiful. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We need to focus on prayer. We need to focus on uh, repenting of our sins. We need to focus on self-denial, fasting. Now, we need grace. We need to pray for grace. We need to pray for sanctification. Um, we went through a tough time. Last year was terrible. I know for many of us, it was terrible. But our Lord is in charge. He he knows what's happening and he knows the difficulty we're going through. A lot of us are suffering and we're suffering terribly. A lot of some of us are weaker than others and we need we need to pray for those people. We need to encourage them. We need to encourage them not to give up, not to despair. Despair is the worst part 
is the worst sin. It's believing that everything is impossible, that God cannot fix it, that it's beyond God's power, beyond our Lord's uh, ability. That's not true. The cross proves it's not true. What Jesus went through on uh, on Good Friday, on Holy Friday, was impossible. Was was horrible. Everybody thought it was over. They thought it was finished. They thought it was all done. The dream, the messianic dream, the promise, was never going to happen. And then suddenly, the greatest thing happened. Death was defeated. The grave was defeated. The tomb was empty. He rose again from the dead. He overcame death. He broke the hold that the devil had. He crushed them and he rose again. To the whole world, his death was a defeat. He was a bleep on, 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 a, on the screen, the monitors. He was, he was nothing. And, and you know what? That, that was true to the world. There's a beautiful scene in the movie, My Name is Bernadette. It was about St. Bernadette herself. There's a scene when she was going to the convent. She was not good at anything. She didn't have a great education. A bishop spoke to her and said to her, You know what, Bernadette? Be nothing. And be good at being nothing. That way, God can make you into something. And the only way he can make you into something if you choose to be nothing. Now, that probably sounds pretty negative to, to a modern world. It sounds almost harsh, but no. Empty yourself of yourself. Empty yourself of everything that you don't like. Let God take hold of you. Let God remold you and remake us and make us into the image of our Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the true Adam, the true, the true man, the true image of God. Remember, St. Paul said, there is no man, there is no woman, there's no Greek, there's no slave, there's no barbarian. All are one in Jesus Christ. I think I'd rather choose to be in Jesus Christ the more, more in inclusive than the, what the world, because the world has its own idea of what it wants to mold us. In Jesus Christ, we are the new people. We are the new Israel. We are the new people of God. We are the true people of God. We are spiritual Jews, spiritual Semites. We are the true anointed and chosen people. It doesn't matter who we are. So let's be true. Let's become true in Jesus. We have to pray, read scripture, you know, uh, practice penance, fast, and prepare ourselves for the greatest holy week, for the greatest week of all weeks, so that we can experience, we can walk with Jesus. We are going to walk with him through Lent. So um, I'm going to read something from St. Leo the Great. This is from my missal. Um, it's from St. Paul's, um, the daughters of St. Paul, daily missal. 
What the Christian should be doing at all times should be done now with great with greater care and devotion so that the Lenten fast may be fulfilled, not simply by abstinence from food, but above, above all, by renunciation of sin. There is no more profitable practice as a companion to holy and spiritual fasting than that of almsgiving. This embraces under the single name of mercy many excellent works of devotion so that the good intention of all the faithful may be of equal value, even where their means are not. Even where their means are not. The person who shows love and compassion to those in any kind of affliction is blessed not only with the virtue of goodwill, but also with the gift of peace. All right, so don't get caught up with so much with the abstinence that you can do calmly. Pray about it. Don't worry about the failure. I mean, I understand it's difficult because a lot of us are different. We have different physical, it's, it's, a, it's not an imperfection. It's just the way it is. I mean, food, drink water, uh, just stay away from the stuff that you like to indulge in. Try the best you can. And the almsgiving, it doesn't necessarily mean money. I know that's difficult. We're going through a tough time, but it could be just an act of kindness and do it without anyone knowing. Do it without saying you do. Don't tell anybody you're fasting. Don't tell anybody you're observing Lent. Don't tell anybody that, you know, what you're doing. Just do it and don't don't talk about it. The first part is, let's not tell people we're doing it. Let's just do it and and do it quietly. Keep it to ourselves. The greater holiness is the one hidden. And we can say simple prayers, you know, the rosary, uh, reading scripture. Uh, a good part is, I think it's important that maybe um, if you have a missile, you can get on your phone. I know you could do that now. And um, just, you know, just, you know, read this, read the passages of scripture. You know, um, stop what you're normally doing, like uh, uh, whatever it is, you know, you could, you know, like whatever, like Bible reading, just read the passages of scripture. Now we should all try to do it together. Read, stick to the passages that are that's being given to us. It makes it a lot easier. So let's, let's start our Lent. Okay. So we're going to begin the uh, reading for Wednesday. I usually for the distribution of ashes they omit the uh the penitent rite but since I'm just a lay person I'm going to stick with it. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you my brothers and sisters that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, 
Christe elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And since we're skipping the Gloria, uh, we'll stick to that part uh, because we're, this is before, before the church was born. So uh, we're going to say the Jesus prayer. And this is the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay. So, let's begin the reading. Okay. Entrance Antiphon. You are merciful to all, Lord, and despising nothing that you have made. You overlook people's sins to bring them to repentance, and you spare them, for you are the Lord our God. This is from taken from the Book of Wisdom, chapter 11, verse 24, 25, and 27. Okay, and the Collect Prayer. Grant, O Lord, that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of Christian service, so that as we take up battle against spiritual evils, that we may be armed with weapons of self-restraint. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Uh, amen. All right. This is from the book of Joel, a reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Rend your hearts, not your garments. A reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpets in Zion, proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit, quit his room and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach, with the nations ruling over them, 
Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be, God. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. A reading from the book of the prophet Joel. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. For gracious and merciful is he, slow to anger, rich in kindness, and relenting in punishment. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom quit his room and the bride her chamber between the porch and the altar. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people, and make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Why should they say among the people, Where is their God? Then the Lord was stirred to concern for his land and took pity on his people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so now we have Psalm 51, Psalm 51, and the response is, uh, Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, in the greatness of your compassion. Wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Give me back the joy of your salvation and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Okay, so now let's read it again, the whole thing through, straight without the response. We'll just say the response at the beginning and the end this time. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt, and of my sin cleanse me. For I acknowledge my offense, and my sin is before me always. Against you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. 
Amen. Okay. Now the second reading. Um, it's going to be Second uh, Corinthians. It's a reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 20. And it goes from uh, chapter 6 to verse 2. Be reconciled to God. Behold, now is the acceptable time. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. We are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We'll read it one more time. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 20, to uh, chapter 6, verse 2. Be reconciled to God. Behold, now is the acceptable time. We are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working, working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, In an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's read it one more time. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Cha uh, chapter 5, verse 2 uh, to verse 20. Chapter 5 to verse 20. 6 verse 2. Okay. Be reconciled to God. Behold, now is the acceptable time. We are ambassadors for Christ, as if God were appealing through us. We implore you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God for our sake. He made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I heard you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Okay, now we're going to go to the gospel. Now there's no alleluia. There's no alleluia antiphon. There's only a verse. This is from Psalm verse 95, uh, Psalm chapter 95, Psalm 95, verse 8. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Let me stop for a minute and remind you 
This is recorded. This is a recalling the events of the Exodus when the children of Israel uh, uh, fell into complaining and sinning when they uh, tested God. They didn't trust Him. So remember that. If today you hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Okay, your Father who sees in secret will repay you. Uh, the Gospel according to Saint Matthew, chapter six, verse one to six. Verse 16 to 18, okay? A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Jesus. Praise to you. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your Heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your alms may, your alms may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen. I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen. I say to you that they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your father who is hidden and your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read it one more time. Okay. This is the gospel according to St. Matthew chapter six, verse one to six, 16 to 18. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may be, may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen. I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites 
They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting except your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Um, I think we should read it one more time. Okay, because remember, we really need we really need to know understand what our Lord is saying to us. One more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, and 16 to 18. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in their in the synagogue and in the streets to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you, when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street corners so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So I thought about reading something from Spiritual Combat, but it's too wordy, and I don't want you guys to tone, to, to tune it out. Um, it has a very uh, wordy way of talking, and I don't want to um, bore you guys. So I'm going to stick to the way I usually do it, which is go through the, 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 the um, Scripture, and uh, we'll we'll just work our way there. Now, Joel is calling the people to repentance, the prophet Joel. Rend your hearts, not your garments. It sounds pretty much like what our Lord is saying. Don't show off. Don't show off your holiness. Don't try to show off the heart. Jesus said what your father sees in secret, your father who is hidden, sees your holiness in your heart, and he will reward you. Re even now says the Lord return to me with your whole heart with fasting weeping and mourning rend your hearts not your garments and return to the Lord your God he's talking about conversion of the heart conversion from within not from outside yes fasting but like I said yeah if you want to physically fast from food, usually it helps people to pray more. But don't kill yourself. Don't overdo it. 
don't, uh, you still need the strength to continue. We still have to work. We still have to get up in the morning. We still have to have the energy to perform and do our duties, especially if you're handling machinery. Don't overdo it. Um, I would say just stick to the, um, stick to the readings for, for Lent. Stick to the readings from the, for the gospels in the day. Find a passage that you, that, that speaks to you and, uh, focus on it. Okay. For gracious and merciful is he slow to anger and rich in kindness. It's the same thing Moses said. Okay. And relenting in punishment. God doesn't want to punish. God is not an angry God. You know how people say that the Old Testament God is an angry God. Does this sound like an old, an angry God to you? doesn't sound like an angry God. It sounds like a merciful, compassionate, loving God who wants us to be holy. Perhaps he will again relent and leave behind a blessing, offerings and libations for the Lord your God. The offerings and libations are everything that's in the heart. Offerings and libations for the Lord your God is what's in our heart. All the other stuff, the physical stuff, like the what in the Old Testament, all that was good, all that, but it should come first from the heart. Because you can just go through the motions and, okay, I did it, that's it, I'm gone. You know, that's how people, people are like that. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Proclaim a fast. Call an assembly. Okay, blow a trumpet in Zion. Call the people. Proclaim a fast. Call the people. Gather Call the assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom and quit his room and the bride her chamber. So call the people and everybody come together from the young to the old to the elders, the elders meaning the teachers, the leaders. And let them realize that it's time for conversion. Everybody has to admit that there's something wrong in their society. That they have become indifferent. That they have become greedy. That they have become sinful. God wants all of them. They're all a, they're, 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 they're a, a faith community. They're a faith people. They know that there's something wrong. You know what's funny? The, the people who are so against religion, anthropologists know human beings are naturally religious. Psychiatrists know people are naturally religious. They know if you take away all this stuff and you permit sexual perversion, that the society will break down. They, the, the socialists and the communists and a lot of psychiatrists, they'll tell you that they study. They study how a society breaks down how you can conquer a people, how you can um, permit distorted, distorted behavior, sexual behavior, bad behavior. Kids growing up without fathers, um, daughters without, without good homes, permitting pornography and everything is a way of controlling and destroying a society. They know this. They know this. Okay. And here you see, you see here, let, let the priest, okay, and then it mentions the bridegroom and the room uh, and, and the bride and, you know, how to, to come together and also be converted. So it's everybody from the youngest to the oldest 
to the new family, to the, new, to, the, to the newlyweds. All need to be converted. All need to realize that they need to be, they, they need to, to um, reform themselves, to fix a problem. So God is even concerned about the, the, the healthy spiritual state of a newlywed. You see that here. And then he talks, he goes on to say, the, the prophet is speaking, between the porch and the altar, let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep. Even the priests have to admit that something is wrong. Something is wrong in the people's lives. Something is terribly wrong. Even in their, in their, in their, in their, in their ministry, things are bad. And say, the priest should say, the minister should say, and say, spare, O Lord, your people. Make not your heritage a reproach with the nations ruling over them. Remember, whenever Israel sins, other people come over and rule them and oppress them. And it's usually it's a punishment because of they abandoned God. They broke their covenant with the Lord. The Lord doesn't break his covenant. It's them, we, the people, we break our covenant with the Lord. And he goes on. Um, why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? Meaning, why should the, the unbeliever say that their God has abandoned them? Where is he? They usually, that's what they say to them. That's what happened when they went to Babylon. Play for us one of your Psalms. Pray for us a song of Zion. Where's your God? What, you know, your God has abandoned you. You know how people often say that, hey, terrible things happen to you. I guess God doesn't exist. Where is your God? Where is he? You know, why, you know, why has God, why has God let this? God, God lets bad things happen. Not because he's, he's being mean. It's because he's calling you, you, the belief, you, you who's supposed to believe in him to have better faith, to have faith, to grow more in faith. Bad things happen to good people not because God doesn't exist. It's because usually we're not promised that, it's going, that faith is easy. We have to struggle. Remember, God sent his son and he suffered in our place. He suffered. He suffered terribly. They thought it was over. They thought it was finished. When his followers saw him coming out on that porch and he was covered in blood wearing, wearing a cap of thorns, it was actually a whole cap covered the top of his head around. And Pilate said, behold, the man, the people, his enemies laughed at him. The high priests and the Pharisees were happy to see him suffer. His followers and his mother and, and John and all the others were horrified. They couldn't recognize him. And, you know, but the point is, it's to make you, to make us, us, a holy people. Jesus took our sins, our wicked, dirty, rotten, secret sins that we keep to ourselves. He took them upon him. He took, he took our dirt, our, our, our sins, our own, our own offenses upon him. And this is all calling all the people acknowledge that you got sinful, dark secrets. You are greedy. You are, you, you, you got perversion. You worship in secret idols. You have secret gods. 
you have sexual gods, you have sexual perversions, you, you, you're cheating people, you're lying, you are cruel to your, to, to, your, to your family members, to your family, to your parents. Repent. I know, I know this about you. I know this. I want you to be a holy people. I want you to be better. Admit that your sins exist. Now we go to Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is usually said in the Liturgy of the Hours on Fridays. Okay. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness, in your greatness, in your compassion. Wipe out my offenses. David had to admit this after he has sinned and he had committed adultery. He tried to hide his adultery and the prophet Nathan came. He thought he could hide it from Nathan. He lost faith. He began to think there was, there were, that, that, that he can do whatever he wanted to do because he was chosen by God. You see, his, his, his religious, um, his, it became phony. He became a fake. He thought that being holy, being a king, he can do whatever he wants. He had idolatry. He became, he made himself into a pagan idol. And he committed adultery with a man's wife and he tried to cover it. And he only, only forced to send the man to his death, a woman's husband. And the child he had with Bathsheba that was conceived in sin died. But God had to make an example of him because all of Israel would think that it was okay that what he did. So he made David's whole entire household turned on him. His son Absalom tried to overthrow him. So, but still God showed favor to him. He just had to suffer. For I acknowledge, for thoroughly wash me of my guilt and, and my sin is clean, cleanse me. For I acknowledge my offenses. My sin is before me always. Against you all alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not from your presence and your Holy Spirit take not from me. Give me back the joy of your salvation and willingly and willing spirit sustain in me. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall proclaim your, your praise. David realized that you can't hide anything from God. You can't hide anything from him. God sees all things. He sees what is in the depths of the heart. He sees everything. And David realized that he has, he has made a mess of his life, of his family. His sin caused everything to fall apart. And also... He realized that being king, he neglected his family. He didn't love Absalom in the right way. He wasn't a proper father for Absalom. He didn't realize that his own children were, were a mess, were spoiled, and were, and, were, and were arrogant. Absalom was an arrogant, arrogant young man. And he wanted to overthrow his father, take the kingdom for himself. David had also a lot of some wives, and he had too many children. Not that having children was a problem, but he did not love them properly. He, you know, he neglected, he neglected his family. You see, even the most perfect king can do the wrong thing. And it happens. You know, a man can become a, a runs a big corporation. He has everything. People open doors. They bow down. They, they, they kiss the ground you walk on. They love you because you got money. 
But what about your home life? What about your wife and children? Are you paying attention to them or are you married more to your job and your wealth? It happens. And then suddenly you see something you like. It opens up a desire in your heart and you play with a thought and the thought becomes an idea and it becomes a possibility and it becomes an opportunity and you realize, hey, I can have whatever I want. And eventually you do. Suddenly you see a beautiful woman you want and you want her and you can have her. And why not? You have your family at home and you feel powerful. You feel strong. And it's true. And that happens. But it's hard to keep a dirty secret. It's hard to keep anything a secret. Someone eventually finds out. Your kids find out. Your wife finds out. Your enemies find out. And they can use it against you. You know, eventually it comes down. Nobody, nobody gets away with it. Nobody. Nobody gets away with it. All right. So then we go to St. Paul. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 and from 6 to verse 2. We are all ambassadors. We are ambassadors of, for Christ as if God were appealing through us. God wants us Christians to rep to, to go out as ambassadors. That's what an apostle and a disciple is. You are representing Christ. You're representing the, the Messiah. You're representing the kingdom of Christ. And we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. In order for us to be true, we have to be, in, we have to have a good, true relationship with God, with Christ. We have to. We can't be hypocrites, but we have to do it without wearing our faith on our sleeves. In other words, don't be shallow. Don't be hypocritical. Be aware that people are watching you. And if they see hypocrisy, it only, it only would laugh in your face and you could wind up, you could wind up going into despair and embarrassment. We have to do it with humility. We have to do it with absolute, complete, total humility. Everybody's watching us. That's the thing. The devil wants to make the, the followers of Jesus hypocrites. He loves, he loves it when we let our guard down. This, this hap the only way we could do this is by constant prayer. We have to pray all the time. For our sake, he, um, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who did not know sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Be aware. Don't let any, don't let anybody see, you know, you know, don't, don't let your guard down. Don't, don't let anybody seduce you to looking at sin or pornography or um, also here's something that's very important. The worst Christian, the most hypocritical, hypocritical of all Christians is those who use the word, the Lord's name in vain, who curse, who like say, I'll say it just for the, for the, for the sake of the, of the podcast. So to give you an example, Jesus F in Christ or Jesus Christ or Jesus or, you know, or People will say things like, God damn it. Don't, don't, don't throw Christ's name like that. Don't, 
Don't curse. Don't use the name of Jesus like a swear word. Don't do that. Don't even do that. Never, never say that. Don't ever throw the name of Christ. Be careful not using the Lord's name in vain. Don't ever do that. And if you hear people who say that, I know we don't want to become self-righteous because it could make things worse. The best thing to do is say a prayer for that person who, who, who swears, who throws Christ's name out there like, like a curse word. Always say a prayer for them. But never use the name of the Lord in vain. Never curse. Never throw Jesus' name out there like that. A Christian should never. That's the most precious name. There is no name under heaven that anyone is to be saved except by the name of Jesus Christ. Remember that. Christ's name is precious. It's a saving name. Don't don't fall into that. Don't look like a hypocrite. Because remember, there, there, are, there are other people watching you and listening to you. So be careful. But don't show off either. Don't show off. Just, it's okay, you know, read your Bible. But don't, you know, just try the best you can. And don't be obsessed and get discouraged if people mock you. Or people don't want, or people don't want to listen to you. Remember, we need to believe. We want to talk about Christ, but remember, not everybody. You know, it takes a lot, a lot of time before people could be comfortable around you that they can talk about some things. Some people are just not very good with religion for some reason. They just not, they're not comfortable. They, they don't know how, and it's true. A lot of people are like that. All right, so working together. Okay, so he said that Jesus. We, we become the righteousness of God. Working together then, we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. You see? For he says, in acceptable time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is a very acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Uh, I haven't had the time to look up this verse that, that Paul's quoting. I'm sorry. Um, but... We, we are living in, in that acceptable time. We are now today is the day of salvation. And God, and, and God has sent us the Holy Spirit to help us. God has given us, God has given us his sacraments. He has given us the Eucharist. He has given us the Holy Spirit. He has given us, uh, the church and don't despair. Don't despair. We live in a, we've, the church has always lived in a very difficult time. There has never been a time in history when there wasn't scandal. That's what makes the church, Christianity, unique and special. In the early days, there were a lot of different heretics. There were a lot of occultists that rose up. The devil worked really hard to stop the Christian faith, to stop, to stop the gospel. With the Reformation, even now, even now that there are like schisms in the in the West, we have we have groups that are hypocritical. I mean, they they say the Trinity Mass and they have sexual deviance hiding among them. We have on the left, on the liberal side, in Novus Ordo, there's there's deviance, and on the and on the conservative side, there's deviance because no one wants to admit that we that there are there is that there is sexual perversion. People 
are so sensual now. Liberal, uh, sexual liberation. We're, we're approaching it completely the wrong way. And, and nobody wants to admit it. We have, we've gone through the McCarrick. We've gone through the, the scandals in Boston. We have gone through the scandals in New York. There's scandals in the Vatican. We are living in, in an obsessive sexual time where people thinking, you know, you're, you're, you're suppressing your sexuality and that's only making things worse. No. No. Loose sexual behavior seems, I mean, it seems to drive people out of their mind. It drives everybody out of their mind. It seems like everybody has gone crazy with sex, approaching it completely. You know, it's it's completely gone out of control and it's affecting and hurting people. Human beings need self-control. They need self-control. We need it. I mean, you can't even go on a subway or a train, a train, uh, a train without looking at an ad that's trying to seduce you. And even we have the cell phone, we have the cell phone, the smartphones now. On our smartphones, you got to be careful. You got to be careful on your smartphones. You got to be careful on Facebook. You got to be careful on YouTube. They're, they're everywhere. It's like nobody can get enough of it. You know, and that's, and that's a serious problem. We have to practice self-control and self-discipline. And we have to do it. If we don't do it, we, we, it go, it's like a little serpent goes into your imagination. It's like God said to Cain, sin is, is like a wild animal wait, crouching at the door, waiting to master you if you don't master it. Human beings are naturally religious, and if we don't worship properly, we worship something. Politics, sex, drugs, you name it. We are inclined to look to find something. Okay. Don't let the atheist is gonna it has his has his God. He just he, he or she doesn't want to admit it. Okay, the politician has their God. The sexual deviant has their God. Okay, the 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 money investor has his God. Okay, and even the comic book people have their God. Everybody has an idol. They just don't want to admit it. All right, and we have to we have to be on guard. Now is acceptable. We have to live Christ, breathe Christ, breathe our faith. We can be holy. We have to just we have to be aware of these sins in our life, and this is where we have to start pruning, cutting cutting them off, cutting the branches that are not bearing fruit. And now finally the gospel. Matthew Chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, 16 to 18. Your father who sees in secret will repay you. Matthew took everything, a lot of the great um, sermons of Jesus, and he combined them all together and put them all almost like he said on the Sermon on the Mountain. Technically, the, we know that Jesus said a lot of things in different in uh, in different conditions, in different uh, situations. But Matthew uh, wrote it like uh, the way the books of Moses. He did it, he, he saw Jesus as the new Moses, and he is the new Moses. He is the true Moses. He's the new lawgiver, the law of the gospel. So 
Jesus said to his disciples, take care not to perform your righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense, no reward, no acknowledgement from your heavenly father. Now, you go to Joel, rend your hearts, not your garments. Don't show off publicly. It's the same thing. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets to win praise of others. You know how you hear about people giving donations to, or um, donating or, or sponsoring something. They always want to advertise it like a corporation. And a lot of people do that because they want, you know, others, corporations do it to get a tax cut. Other people do it be, uh, in religion because they want to show off that they're holy and that they're very generous. Like, really, I don't think that really makes a difference. But the thing is, Jesus is saying, do it in secret. Make, make it an adventure. Do it in secret. Do it for God, not for the whole world. Do it for God. Find, find something you know you want to make a difference in. But do it in secret. Do it in private. Don't have to blow your trumpet, like Jesus says, because it doesn't really help. Um, do not you know, blow your trumpet as, you know, as the hypocrites do in their synagogues and in the streets to win the praise of other men. Actually, it only makes people hate you. It only makes people envy of you and people start talking bad behind you and call you a show-off. It always backfires. It always backfires. Do it secretly do it in private um don't you know, i always think it's much better that a person who has millions live like you're not rich instead of always driving up in that fancy italian car or wearing those fancy suits why not just live like you don't have millions i think it's better not you know anyway not that you're you know you're really not improving anything right Anyway, so go on. Um, amen, I say to you, they will receive their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your almsgiving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will repay you. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take a guess. Your neighbor on your left and your neighbor on your right. Don't let anybody on one side know about it and like your close relatives and don't let your friends do it in secret. It's better done in secret. And also it, you don't have to, it, you don't, you don't go into the temptation of showing off as though people owe you something. You're doing it for Christ. You're doing it for God and you're doing it for humility because you don't have to show it off. Do it and don't think about it. Choose to give who you wish to support, who you wish to donate to, and don't think twice about it. Don't think this person owes it to you. You did it for God. Whether the person shows appreciation or not is up to them. But you do it for God. In other words, don't look for acknowledgement. Don't, you know, sometimes people will not be appreciative. Some people will be appreciative and, they'll, and, and, and God will look in their heart if they're truly appreciative. But don't let your relatives know. Don't let your friends know. Don't let anybody, don't let people at work know that you did it. Do it in secret. If, you know, uh, if the 
the pastor, the priest, the church, just do it in secret. And they'll, they'll keep their mouth shut. Hopefully they will. They should. Okay, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on the street streets so that others may see, may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. Well, when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door and pray to your father in secret. And your father who sees in secret will repay you. I think that's that's true. I mean, it doesn't really, you're not really helping. I mean, some people like to do public penances. That's fine. But they should wait till everybody leaves. They should wait till everybody leaves. You should do it at a time of day. Like if you want to go crawl to the altar on uh, on your knees, do it, do it secretly. Do it without anyone there. Do it without anyone taking pictures. Do it without anyone looking at you. Do it in secret. Choose a time of the day when there's nobody around and do it, do it alone. Um, it's the same thing with anything, basically. You, you know, uh, praying. Uh, praying should, um, should be done privately. I like to do it privately. I like to do it, you know, I don't, you know, I prefer that way. Make it, make a habit of praying alone. Because I think if you pray alone, a lot of times it helps. It, it should be a daily habit to pray alone. Find someplace. Um, you know, I don't like, usually I like to pray my rosary in the morning on my way to work. And I try very hard not to let people see because I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to look like I'm showing off to people, but I want to do it privately. You know, I usually hide it behind my bag. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just, I just don't want to make a public uh, uh, display of it. And sometimes I, you know, reading the Bible is difficult because you don't want someone coming up to you on the train and trying to get you to, you know, you get those panhandlers. You know, I can't give to every single panhandler in the world. I usually like to give things to the church. I like to do that. I don't know if the person is going to use my money for drugs or alcohol. And I have a right to decide not to. It's my choice. It's true. I don't know what they're going to use it for. But you see the person every day, you know they're not doing anything to improve their situation. I mean, I know, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but let's face it, we don't know what they're doing with the money. And you don't want to throw your, you know, I mean, you want, you want it to be used properly. And you and I both know that most people don't want to be in that situation, begging all the time. It's not good. It's not healthy. You know, you want to to be to go back on your feet, and there's a lot of different means, different different uh, programs to use. I think it's only right. You know, you want you know. Usually, if I'm going to give to a church pantry, I will give to a church pantry. At least I know the families there who need it will use it. The church will give it to the right people, and it will be in the church's hands to do that. Um. Now going to the fast uh, prayer, prayer is prayer and fast, prayer and almsgiving. Like I said, I like to listen also to the Bible on my headset, you know, on the train. Sometimes it's nice to hear it, to, to have somebody uh, read it to me. You know, it's good. And also it sometimes it helps to listen because usually the word of God is meant to be listened to. So when I go home, I'll read it. I'll read it. Or if I have a chance at work, I'll read it when I get a chance alone. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. That's another thing he's saying here is 
fast, keep it a secret. Don't tell everybody you're fasting. Don't tell anybody. Let Don't let anybody, you know, don't show off to them about it. Don't, you know, it's usually that's what happens. And that's what ruins it when we show off about it. Do it secretly, fast secretly. Keep it quiet. Fasting is praying. It's focusing your energy, taking your, 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 you're trying to take your carnal appetite and focus it on holiness. Um, that's important. Do that. And he says, don't look sad. Don't look miserable. Don't show off about it. And also fasting doesn't mean that when the evening comes, you binge. I mean, I, I, and many of you know, I come from a Muslim background and Muslims have a joke because during Ramadan, at the end of the day, everybody, when it comes to breaking the fast, uh, Muslim scholars, uh, I read this because I, I, I hear this on the news. Sometimes Muslim scholars refer to Ramadan as set up the great fast, which they have what they call the great fast in their own religion. They call it the great feasting because everybody in the evening stuffs them stuffs themselves and you know what happens is is that it, it's like they they haven't fasted because what happens is that they 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 load up on bread and carbs and 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 they overdo it in the evening because your body your stomach shrinks during the day which is you know the idea behind it is that they act you know in the evening they load themselves up so much that it's almost like you didn't fast and it's not healthy it's true it's not healthy so that's another thing. Go slowly. Don't let everybody know. Don't tell everybody that you're fasting. It's not good. You're ruining it. Keep it in private. Keep it secret. Keep it between you and God. You're doing it not to get the praise of people. Because when you tell everybody, you're doing it to get attention. Keep it private. Christianity is about keeping, being humble, being humble and not telling everybody about it. Keep it, act like you're not fasting. Let people not realize, you know, like people think, oh, you know, like it's like they never knew it. They never knew it. That's the point. Jesus is saying, look strong, look healthy, be positive. Don't look sad. It's okay to have some tea. It's okay to have some, maybe a little coffee if you have to, but don't, don't overdo it. Say no to the donut. Say no to the chocolate. Say no to the, to the cracker, whatever the heck it is. Say no to that. You know, some people keep a little pretzel here, here and around, you know, just to, to cut your appetite so you don't overdo it, but don't eat too much of it. That's another thing. Because if you have too many pretzels around, you're going to load up on it. And guess what? You're not going to, it's going to be like you didn't fast. So try not to have it. Try, try, try not to touch it uh, unless you're feeling a little, a, a little bit, you know, because the first couple of days is usually very hard, but try to do it, you know, try to keep it secret. Try very hard not to snack on anything. Don't keep too much of it around. Like don't keep a whole bag in your, in your uh, workplace or else you're going to, you're going to be reaching out for it every, every five minutes. And then of course it's all pretzels, <laughs> you know, but anyway, but this is, this is how we do it. This is how we should do it. And the best thing to do is to, to remind yourself is look to the readings, look to the readings, look to the readings. 
read it in the morning a little bit, read it a little bit during the day if you have time, either on your phone or whatever, but look towards the readings. It's important that we do it like that. Okay, so let's go to the, um, let's go to the, uh, to the Nessene Creed, all right? Let's look here. Hold on. Like I said, we're not saying the Gloria. All right. Sorry about this. Okay, here we go. Uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, constantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day, incarnate with the scriptures. In accordance, I'm sorry, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Okay, folks, God bless. And um, may you have a blessed Lent, okay, and may it may be a holy Lent, may you know, uh, much blessings, may God bless it and give you much, much graces from it. And that's what we need to pray for for the graces. And we need to pray for the church, we need to pray for our neighbors, we need to pray for our families, we need to pray for our country, and we need to pray for our leaders, both in the church and in the government. We need to pray for everybody. We need to pray that God may um, use us to bring souls back to Christ. Through our acts of penance, our acts of prayers and mercies. I mean, we, we want God to, 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 to give out his Holy Spirit to everybody, to give his graces and have mercy on the world. I mean, things are bad, but remember, the church has always been through tough times. So God bless and a blessed Lent and many graces. I'll be back with uh, Thursday's readings. So God bless. Oh, and please remember to subscribe 
and share. Share it with your friends. All right. God bless.